This is Magic City Soccer. Es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica. This is Magic City Soccer. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. Let's go, Miami FC. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. Vamos, Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. You're home for everything you need to know about soccer in Miami-Dade County. Uh, hello, soccer fans in South Florida and beyond. We are coming to you live from... Uh, Winwood Brewing, uh, our, our favorite spot here in Winwood, uh, having a couple of uh, beverages this evening as we're enjoying the CONCACAF Confederations Cup matchup between Cibao and Guadalajara, and Chivas of Guadalajara. Um, yeah, so welcome to the show. We're, we, we've done a couple of live events uh, from Winwood before, but we're trying to step up our game. We have a brand new mic flag, so hopefully you'll be able to hear us. If you don't hear us, please post something and let us know. Um, but yeah, I'm joined by Drew Hausman. Drew, how you doing, pal? I'm doing great. Uh, not the results I wanted, but uh, it's kind of Cap Champions League, so uh, I'm a rookie to all this, so it's been fun. It has been fun. It's been a good matchup, and uh, unfortunately, I think uh, for our good friend Eric, uh, Chivas uh, got one in right before halftime, uh, so it's quite a mountain to climb uh, for the Dominican side. Uh, and also joining us, walking on like a true professional. I'm trying to uh, pick my way through the technology. <laughs> this is uh, obstacle so, course. Yes, so your toes, mean, man. there we go. There we go. We do, we're doing a, tri- a trip to the Magic City emergency room. <laughs> uh, Lee fans joining us. How you doing, Lee? Uh, I'm pretty good, mate. Um, looking forward to the new season. Happy to be here. It's like to ramp up the whole Bay Brigade thing again. Yes, definitely. I'm good. We've got a good turnout here, enjoying some uh, some soccer uh, here tonight at Winwood Brewing, and um, we have a lot to talk about. Obviously, yeah, let's uh, let's greet this and make sure it can be seen. Um, lot to talk about, obviously, and and we'll cover everything in front of us. But I think the big news, obviously, is the announcement from the NASL um, this week um, that basically the 2018 season has been spiked. Um, there will be no 2018 season for the NASL. This has been a possibility that we've known about uh, for weeks or months or however you want to view it for two years. If you think back on last season and kind of the legal hail mary it took to preserve the league, um, but so this is the reality we're looking at. And whenever we go with NASL stuff, I like to start with Drew. Uh, Drew, what do you make of this development? I mean, not not a surprise. It's an unfortunate situation that uh, the league won't exist this year, but. Um, Less, less like last year. We only had four teams going into it. Um, they kind of hinted that there may be something for 2019. You know, it's the NASL. Uh, I think the what is it? The phrase "Goonies will never die." So <laughs> I, I think hopefully they can hold on by a string and maybe recuperate. It doesn't seem to be like that now, but uh, at least the league hasn't completely folded. Um, it took a little. It took a little while for them to do it, but at least it got enough time for I think us, the Cosmos, and Jacksonville, all kind of settled down and figured out uh, to some extent some plan B options for this year, whether it be B teams or uh, shifting to NPSL uh, fully or creating uh, Task Force Zero. <laughs> um, I no, still no clue out of the Puerto Rico camp, but. Uh, it, it is I what it is. I think they have bigger fish to fry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I thought you were going to say the big news is that Hunter Freeman is gone. But well, yeah. I, look, we're all in a period of mourning. <laughs> we're all processing our feelings regarding it. 
Um, yeah, Lee, what do you make of this development? How do you think it impacts, obviously, the prospects of the league going forward, and specifically, how do you think it, it impacts Miami FC? Well, you know, we've known for a long time that, you know, there's been a possibility that this could happen with the league. Whenever there was a legal challenge, we knew that the worst-case scenario was that we wouldn't get the results in the courtroom that we wanted, and we would be in the situation we are in now, which is no NASL in a 2018. Um, but you got to look at the long term. I mean, this is just this was the preliminary preliminary. That's a hard word to say <laughs> after a couple of beers. Preliminary injunction. That's obviously not worked. But you know, there's other things ongoing that maybe might be a path back for the LASL further down the line. I believe that there's still a place for that independent league, an independent professional league, um, to complement the USL. People want that USL MLS thing. You know, it's not it's not done yet. We've, we've still got other avenues open to us. I still have some hope, but it's a setback for sure. I mean, we all want, we all want to watch the pro team playing soccer throughout. You know, the Lions share of the year, and we don't have that. We have the NPSL, and we'll make the most of it. But hopefully, you know, things can turn around and, and we can have our team back in a league that suits the stature of the team. I think is the best way to put it. Uh, yeah, I do definitely think that's a good way to put it. Oh, uh, we have a <laughs> Julian is uh, dropping in our support for uh, Chibao. Uh, again, the Dominican sign. Uh, happy day after Dominican independence, right? That's um, right. So regarding this issue with the league that we're dealing with, I, I, this is um, what's what's the, uh, the the scientific principle of Schrodinger's cat? Um, I think yes, this the is, league is both alive and dead at the same time. This is <laughs> the Schrodinger's League, league point, yes. of the world. This is a league that is never dead and always dead simultaneously. And I don't think it's really any... I think a lot of people who were aware of the situation would be aware that the only way this is going to be won is through a much longer process than two or three months in the offseason. I think, in fact, at least from my perspective, I was surprised that last year there was such a quick resolution that allowed the league to survive. Mm-hmm. Um... Looking on the situation now, what's unfortunate is that there were three owners that appear very much committed to the future of the league. And if this had been in place four years ago, when the NSL first encountered its troubles, where you had owners who were really committed to the idea of this league, perhaps we aren't sitting where we are right now. That the people at the top that are involved now... If they had been in place four years ago, again, that stability likely would have been in place where an ASL could legitimately argue, yes, USSF, we are meeting your standards, but unfortunately they're not. Now, you could also argue the USL isn't, and the USL is the preferred league of Major League Soccer and and all of the uh, orbiting satellites around this federation. We don't know what's going to happen. What we do know is that, like like you mentioned, Lee, the, the, the teams that are do have committed ownership and are committed to this league built themselves, uh, you know, a place to put themselves down for the winter, proverbially, where they're, you know, it's they're still be playing, but they're in an a, they're in an NASL hibernation. Thank you, Eric. Cats in here. Um, yeah. Podcasts. Wow, you guys are fast. I don't, <laughs> that was really good. Um, but so they've clearly made themselves a backup plan that. It, it's not a long-term solution, but it is maybe something that can bridge the gap while this fight continues. Um, what's unfortunate is the players. And luckily it's... Well, let me stop you there, Matt. I mean, I wrote something on this today for the website, and it's, you know, it's the players and the fans that are getting, that are getting a shaft again. I mean, um, 
you know, we're in a situation where we don't know what's going to happen to this team further down the line. And that's really, really strange. That's really bizarre. And it's kind of wrong because, you know, even last year, even between even 2016 and 2017, if I'm getting my years right, we didn't really know what was going to happen long term. And, you know, the club is here to stay. The, Ricardo Silva's been very, very clear that he's got a long-term plan for this club. The only thing that's holding us back is that we don't have this place to part the team where, where we can exist for this length of time. You know, we're not allowed into the MLS. You know, for whatever reason, we can't go into the USL. I'm not going to do that now. But there just seems to be this gap in the soccer landscape for these kind of medium-sized teams to, like, exist long-term. But again, strikers being gone, like, that was tragic. Teams are opening and closing. Future, futures are uncertain. And I just think there needs to be like a long-term future for these teams that are starting out. These teams that are at the medium level. These teams with eight, nine, ten thousand fans. And of course, like be honest with Miami FC, more like five, four thousand fans. Teams it's like that need to build slowly, and they can't do that in the environment they're in in the moment. I would know and why. Like, why is that happening? It, it seems as though the. The Federation wants a kind of all-or-nothing approach to this, where either you are the big boy, you're the MLS, and you're getting all this attention, or you, or you serve the MLS. And, and we've talked about on this podcast before, I'm not coming at this from a pro-Miami FC, anti-MLS perspective necessarily. I'm looking at the big picture here and saying, when you look around the world at different leagues that have success... You need those lower divisions to to build up support countrywide. There's no reason why soccer can't continue to grow in this country. But when you limit it to these 24 or 28 markets, you isolate the rest of the country. And, you know, you mentioned talking locally where people have been saying about Miami FC, oh, well, what about when Beckham comes? What about when Beckham comes? Well, this team was announced almost immediately after Beckham announced Miami FC caught a break because there have been all these troubles and issues uh, with the MLS bid, but the Miami FC bid and the Miami FC team was created irrespective of that bid. And so I think it's important to, to when you look at the ownership that's in place with the New York Cosmos, with Miami FC, and with Jacksonville, they have demonstrated they are willing to face off the big boys, but I think there needs to be a fair fight. And as of right now, I don't know if you could say there has been a fully fair fight. That's where it comes down to, to the yeah. survival of this league. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, Drew, uh, I, I think our uh, our compatriot Omar is chiming in. Yeah, I mean, I, I gave up on him trying to tell him what to do through uh, <laughs> text messages. Uh, no, but but with all this and kind of every, everybody's solution or idea for the future has been Nisa, and without going on too much of a freaking uh, MLS conspiracy rant right now, which I can do for hours, but part of the problem with that is if, if you look at the structure now and what USL2 is doing, which is kind of slated to be the Division 3, and I think we'll clearly get the Division 3 role, is maybe that's bumping Nisa out of the picture because they're already visiting cities. They have teams uh, set up. Uh, PDL removed themselves from the uh, USA SA. Uh, so they, they have the option to maybe move a couple of those teams up to Division 3. So um, as, as, as much as I want to stay positive or try to figure out where teams can go within the, the USSF, it kind of looks like at this point like there can be an MLS affiliation where there's Division 1, 2, 3, and 4 like stretching down the way and everybody else is kind of 
uh, stuck in the uh, uh, NPSL or elsewhere. So um, it's, it's I, I can't get too much into this, uh, but the Robert Palmer thing seems very interesting. I don't know how much traction or uh, reality there is behind it, but um, it's an option maybe that we or other teams are just going to have to start playing uh, in an unsanctioned league. And I think up in Philly, uh, I think it was the ASL who has the Philadelphia um, Fury rights, yes. have their own kind of local soccer league up there that's unsanctioned. Uh, they have a couple of teams' rights, but they're just playing kind of in a, their own local league and have done semi-successful there. So, I mean, that may that may need to be a thing in the future. Um, see, Bow's back on. It's not looking good. Yeah, but yeah, see, I, I, actually I, just I, had a goal, a goal that was pretty, probably their best opportunity of the night. I, I, I think that, you know, that, that True makes a good point. That there's all these kind of, like, leagues and everything. And really, like, this, this country can support, like, all these teams at different levels. It just seems like it's never been organized in that way. Yeah. I, um, I don't, and I don't, honestly, like, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an advocate for ProRail, but even if ProRail doesn't happen, I think you can still have the top tier, the, the, division, the division two, the division three, but it's just never been formally organized in that way. And I think, certainly from my perspective, that's all I want. I just and say the that, key, that that's the, key the top to that level. Is the open yeah. Cup too, where it's. We just, well, we just yeah. want a proper slot to be able to compete in the Open Cup and not, not necessarily even Miami FC, but independent teams. And just the fact that some of these smaller teams have to kind of duke it out and slug each other out. Where I feel I feel like South Florida, there's a lot of teams that could beat a lot of other teams that qualify, but they just knock each other out in qualification. But they're restricted by league status just because that's, that's how it's set up is where we kind of get the shaft on that. Like, I, I feel like, you know, my, Miami United is probably one of the better teams in the MPSL or uh, Miami Fusion coming into this year. But at the same time, they have to fight for a playoff spot. They knock each other out. Now there are these other Division Four teams, and I, I feel like there's so much talent down here, but there's only you have to qualify as an open league play team. So, if, if, you know, I, I feel like the Open Cup, you know, if, if U.S. soccer doesn't open a way to kind of figure out leagues, that the Open Cup at least needs to explore better ways into introducing teams into that competition. Because, you know, all those smaller teams, that's that's the way you knock. There's no pro rel, so that's the only way you play a top dog is in that competition. So that's why that American soccer fans are so, like, in love and involved in the U.S. Open Cup because that's their current pro rel. That's the only way you're going to play a top-tier team, and that's what everybody's gunning for. So it's, it's just a weird situation when it's like, oh, we still, like, you know, Miami FC, we have lost a lot of players, but we still have, still have great players, but... Yeah, this year we have no no option for it. I mean, we started late, but it's an unfortunate situation. But there are other teams that have great talent and can't get in. So it's, it's I don't know. I just feel like I just talked like ten circles. <laughs> well, I think the thing no, is that you can you can look at this in two ways. And obviously, you know, we would always want to be playing in like a Division Two NASL. But at the end of the day, we're still here, and you know, this, this NPSL adventure is going to be fun. You know, we get to have Jacksonville back down here again, and you know, there's a rivalry there, um, and we, we get all these like games like concentrated in, you know, um, against against local rivals, and I think it keeps the momentum going. It's how we use that momentum. Do we have an autumn of friendlies against like mid-level European opposition? You know, maybe Intent. MLS teams that are on like a, a bye week or whatever, because there's an uneven <laughs> level of MLS teams. 
we can still keep the soccer going. That's the, that's the key thing, just to keep it going. This city can support an MLS team and a lower league team and, you know, like amateur teams. And just, we just need to get to that point. That's the frustration. We just need to get to that point where everyone can be happy. And that can happen. I really believe that can happen. I, I want to go back to something you talked about a couple minutes ago. Uh, the idea of the way this is structured. Because ultimately that's what this all comes down to. It's how do we structure these leagues? And I will defend the U.S. Soccer Federation here momentarily and then come back and sideswipe them as I think uh, Guadalajara it's just over. wraps it's it over. up. Yeah, it's 2-0, uh, 4-0 in aggregate. Uh, I think it's a good night uh, DR. We're supporting the team in Norway. So it's all we can do. <laughs> yes. Um, so I think that... In fairness to the U.S. Soccer Federation, the question of how do you deal with the lower leagues is really only a question that they've had to really consider for 10 years. Because before that, their concern was how do we keep the top league alive? For most of American soccer history, it was about keeping the top league above water. And even the Major League Soccer, even after the World Cup in 94, came to the precipice around 2000 where teams were folding and people were considering whether the league was going to fold. And so when you spent your whole life just staying above water, when you finally get to, you know, a deserted island and you're like, well, why can't I find food on this island? Well, wait a minute. Let's let's appreciate the fact that we're not drowning anymore. Take a second, regather ourselves, and then consider the new question. I like the analogy. So, it's, uh, I'll pat myself on the back for that. So... I will say, in fairness to the Federation, um, the fact that they've been so uh, weak-kneed or weak-willed about this, I think you can defend it, but the clock has run out on it. But we, we, you're right, Matt. We are at the turning point now where the MLS is kind of in rude health. And, um, and now it's, it's the job of the Federation to, to be on the side of, the, of those lower league teams. Fill out this, fill out the, the leagues beneath it. doesn't have to be movement between them, but that's that's the job now. The MLS, the MLS is doing all right. Get, like, get rid of a lot of the waivers, too. Like, how, how many yeah, years? like all these rules but and like shit. Both, like about both, what you, both yeah, the NASL and the it, yeah. NSL heyday and the USL and even the MLS have been writing all off waivers. There have been years where MLS yes. had to write off waivers, and it's like, I, I don't know what they're expecting. Like, you're the federation. Like, let's make realistic goals. Let's let's set these guys up for success. Like, yeah. every year you have to apply for a waiver. It's just like, you're not meeting our standard. You know, it's like getting a C in science class every year. And yeah. like, congratulations, there's no, there's no consistency. There's you no got a C, future, yeah. but you, you barely scrape by. Yeah. Like, and I definitely think that as the as American soccer grows and matures, there has to be a set standard of rules. Like I think we can all agree, the NASL has not been up to snuff per se, according to what the rules should be for the second division of American soccer. But neither has the, USL or MLS. The problem is <laughs> those are the problems too. And so, how can you legitimately go to NASL and say you're not holding up your end of the bargain? Close up shop. When your own self-selected second division isn't meeting that either. And I think that that's ultimately the biggest problem. And it's something that the U.S. Soccer Federation has to address going forward. Now, I also wanted to speak about, I, I, I didn't praise U.S. Soccer, but I, I gave them a, a pass. Now I want to go after them. The fact that they have so badly botched the Open Cup for years is a, is a stain on the leadership that had existed at the time. Um, 
This is the perfect opportunity at 3 0 Guadalajara again. Live updates on the podcast. Of course, you're coming here for updates on Concord. So, we have some unruly Sipau FC fans in there. People who are very passionate about our podcast. And the, we just, we're just trying to hold them back. That's all we're trying to do. Um, the fact that the U.S. Open Cup has been so mangled in terms of television rights and promotion, it is the perfect opportunity to grow the game, and yet it's a forgotten about throwaway. And finally, this year, I think, the Federation realized Cincinnati, Miami, against these big clubs, it's a real opportunity to grow. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, it, it, there is that opportunity to grow. It just needs that... That, that little bit of fertilizer or whatever. Someone's, so, someone's got to be on hand to, to do that. Someone's got to tend the garden. Someone's got to tend the garden, definitely. I, I, not to be a complete like silver fanboy, but I feel like that was... I mean, I don't have any evidence of it, but I feel like he'd be the perfect guy to kind of set up that contract to the television rights for that. Yeah. Because that's the main thing. Like, it really sucks, like, watching a semifinal on your, like, laptop or phone. Yeah. Where it's like, I, I am more involved, you know, I, obviously for MLS fans, it's different, but I'm more involved with this tournament than I am for, you know, an MLS regular season game or an NASL regular season game. Like, these, these are the playoffs, you know, to me, essentially. Like, if you go up, like... Holy crap! This is crazy. And like, you look at the Christos, Christos FC. Yes. Like that was an amazing story. That oh my god! If that were on television, like, dude, I, t- I turned on ESPN the other day and there was uh, cornhole, cornhole champion. Yeah, I saw that too. Cornhole championships. There's 20 people in the stands. <laughs> yeah. Cornhole. Uh, That's where the toss the beanbag. Toss the beanbag. That hole. was on TV. That, was, no, 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 not even ESPN too. That was on regular ESPN. That was on ESPN. ESPN yes. proper. And that, uh, that just says everything about American broadcasting. But, uh, yeah, I mean... Is that pro rally now? <laughs> there actually is. That's the sad word. The U.S. Uh, you, drop, you drop through the trap door, don't you? I guess that's yeah. kind of like if the cornhole goes, yeah, well, forcing the issue. But I feel, I, I feel like every year there's some, like, miracle story, and every year there is, whether it be Fort Lauderdale beating Orlando, us beating Orlando, the Cristo story last year. Atlanta. Uh, and, and Atlanta. And um, Atlanta. And also, uh, what was the other side one in there? There's another good. Uh, oh yeah, the Cincinnati. Cincinnati runs yeah, yeah. the foot, the soccer encyclopedia. Drew Hausman. Yeah. yeah, but but I feel like every year there's a great story, and then just it's it's only up to people who are like soccer crackheads, like obsessing over it, over you know, uh, you know, uh, Instagram and Twitter, and, and like going through the trouble of finding the streams where. DC United didn't even play Crisos at home. Like, yeah, they play him at the Maryland yeah. Soccerplex, which is a glorified park. And if that game had been on TV, and this amateur team is up one nil on DC United, and you were seeing that on TV, it would be amazing. And the, the night of the, the future home of the Virginia Cavalry. Yes, yeah, there's still oh, an a sore subject. <laughs> um, that night that Miami FC played Atlanta, the the, the Cincinnati. Um, the Cincinnati, New York. the Cincinnati, no, the Cincinnati, um, uh, Chicago game. Oh, the fire! Which went to penalties. If you had had the finish that you had against Atlanta, televised, following that up with the game that you got against Chicago, which was basically bought by ESPN at the last moment with almost no promotion. If those two games had been promoted and shown, and and, and people. I, I went to my experience getting into American soccer was I found out that the U.S. Open Cup existed and that Fort Lauderdale Strikers was a team that was playing it. This was before Miami FC existed. 
the first time I ever watched my uh, Fort Lauderdale Strikers or any NASL game, it was an Open Cup game against San Jose, I think, in 2011. And it was on a YouTube stream at their uh, the equivalent of their Maryland soccer plex. And if those two games had been properly promoted and advertised and people had seen them like an MLS game, it would have been the best thing for American soccer the whole year because those two games were freaking bonkers. They were awesome. And, and, and Cincinnati benefited from it. People know Cincinnati now, and they're in USL. If Miami had gotten the same treatment and had gotten the same... Pr- Miami would have benefited equally, but they didn't because everyone involved in the promotion of this tournament is... Ignoring it, it's an afterthought. Force it to be part of the package, some. You know, force Matt, it to be part. Matt, how did you not run for USSF president? <laughs> yeah. Because like, the, I, I would have voted to, for you on that alone. To, to <laughs> a horrible like college basketball terminology on it. It's almost like the NIT. Like, where the NIT. Well, I, I don't even know, but it, it feels like something like that. Where the NIT, it's like, oh, these players are great, and, but if the NIT was separate than like March Madness, like, right? If the NIT was like three months earlier and like represented something, but it's like it's like this is a fucking quality tournament that you're just choosing to well, ignore. It's, it's like the conference tournaments. Yeah, it's like the conference yeah. tournaments where yeah, it's not the big thing. But if you don't like watching that ACC tournament final, but it is the big thing for, for a lot of these teams, teams there, or seventy-five you know, percent of Winning the Patriot teams, League yeah. or winning, you know, any one of these big Sky League—that's the title. And you get teams involved, even though they have no shot of winning a national championship, they still care about it. But not enough teams care about this, and it is to the detriment of American soccer. If, if Miami and Atlanta were on ESPN, mm. and like, let's say yeah. it just got horrible numbers though. But just imagine it was on ESPN2, ESPN, even ESPN. You were one of the sub-channels. Can you imagine how many people would show up to the next game? Yes. Like, how, you know, how many people watch it online? Like, you know, I mean, next, to nobody, have... next to nobody stream that, but just to be like, oh, like, what is this? Or be like, maybe I'll check it out. Like, I'm not going to physically go to the game, but let me check it out. But And even, it, if, even if people come along to that one game, it's like, oh, I want to go to this next cup game. I don't really understand... What yeah. it is, and then you know, they, you know, they come down, they, they meet us, they meet, they sit next to some knowledgeable fan, and that's how the things it, like yeah, it, yeah. it's always trying to like push it as like a hail mary to use the football term. <laughs> it's like because like the whole the whole Beckham thing is like a hail mary. We'll build a stadium, we'll put this thing in Miami, and it's all going to work. And fucking yeah. Ronaldo's going to play. That's a good analogy because they're just like, using Beckham. Hey, like, right. You've got to like, build it slowly as well. You've got to do it all together. And like, like people are like, like how many times we go on Twitter and there people are calling Beckham's team just Miami FC? Like every time I search Miami Daniel FC, it's just Beckham. But but that's part of the thing. Yeah. Beckham's doing the Hail Mary, where it's like just random international people are just now starting to pay attention. Yeah. Because, yeah. But then that's the thing is that you you know you and that will we've been through this before that will work. But then you, you, you need to bring in those people who are like kind of curious about it. Yeah, yeah. People who, you know, are like, oh, I'm going to go and watch, you know, we've been through the names, Cavani, like playing for Beckham's team in this new stadium. Like, they're into that. People who are like knowledgeable soccer fans, but you need to turn those people, we've said it before, those people who are on the fringes. I kind of like sports, I kind of get soccer. Why don't they go and watch a game? And unless they, you're right, I guess in America, unless you see it on TV, it doesn't pique your interest and then you go. So it's, it's not I think, legitimate until it's on TV. Yeah, I'm starting start to yeah. understand that That's quite the, a lot yeah. now. Yeah. America supports sports. Like, yeah. almost no country, yeah. but you got to get it into people's homes or else they don't think it's a real thing. It's the difference between minor league baseball and major league baseball. 
It's the difference between, um, you know, the G League, the, the minor league that the NBA has, and college basketball. Still calling it the D League. But yeah, they're ostensibly the same thing. But I, people care about college basketball. What's the D League? That's so like fun. It's a developmental league. It's it's like okay. the lower level oh, okay. that the NBA created. Shouts out to the Long Island Ducks. <laughs> Y'all took the old school net stuff. I love you. Anybody from the Ducks are watching, give me a job. <laughs> give me a job. Um, yeah, but that, that television component is so important, and the Open Cup might as well not exist when it comes to television. Yeah, I was kind of dismissive about that before, but you're right. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a useful tool, and the, 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 the Open Cup is, is being a bit neglected. Get it in front of people, and people will kind of get into that magic. I mean, my other team, Swansea City, are in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Never and then those, 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 those little I've stories in the Cup, that, you know, that kind of draws people in. It's, it's an important part of the soccer landscape. Uh, but everyone tunes out when I start talking about Swansea City, apparently. We've now transitioned to a Swansea City hate podcast. Where and I will just reminisce on our I was like, I've never heard of him. He's like, he beat, they beat us. Uh, and yeah, I was like, they, yeah, they, they beat us the next week. Yeah. They beat us So, yeah, I forgot about that. Commiserations. Um, yeah, so I, I think that going forward, obviously, the, 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 the big thing to talk about is NPSL in terms of Miami FC. Um, we had a chance to meet uh, Coach Dalglish, obviously. You had a chance to meet him. I had a chance to really meet Coach Dalglish, which was uh, exciting. You can check out Miami FC's Twitter account and you can see some pictures of me uh, enjoying my time with Coach. Um, but it's an interesting development, as, and Lee has kind of hit on it. But I think going forward, the, 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 the players that the team is able to keep active and participating and going into the Open Cup will be interesting. I think if we, they, can go into the if we can go into the Open Cup, which not on wood. Um, this year. Yeah, this year. I, I think the 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 process going forward for this team, it, again, it, this is kind of a, um, again, it's, it's kind of a lost year per se, but in reality, there's still real competitive soccer that gets a chance to be here's, here's my ridiculous theory, and it's sort of working, okay? So I think we only have maybe 14 people tied now from last season. But here's the solid core players, okay? Three of them are goalkeepers. Vega, Vega's still in net, right? Yeah. We got Bernstein. I'm leaving Trafford out because, honestly, I I think he's too talented for NPSL. Mason won't leave this yeah. club. Well, I mean, I, I'm just going to leave him out. But I'm, I'm, going down, I'm going down a four-man line. I'm going with Vega, Bernstein, The Hood, and Chavez. And I think that scattered with some college players could potentially win us. You've I got mean, a spine. fucking good, yeah. But if, if we can build around that and just throw some decent college players in there, yeah, exactly. There's a spine. There, that's the core. That's the core right there. Those four up the field. Yeah. No, I, I think that you know Hunter Freeman going. Hunter was a great player, but I think the club maybe sees those certain areas on the field that maybe they can get. A young, a young, hungry player in and develop them. You know, maybe you have Baggio on the left, another Kevin player Coffin. on the right. So yeah, maybe maybe they've they've identified certain areas on the field where they think they can, you know, get some developmental players in, and they want to keep that spine because it feels like the players that we're keeping are right down the center of the of the, of the field. There's a, there's a solid line. There's, yes, so you, there's you're, a you're right. You're right. You know, you, yes. you look at Vega, four, four. Yeah. Four, four. the defenders. You know. 
Dylan Mares is still here. Exactly, yeah, exactly. LaHood is still here. Mares, I forget about him, but yeah, Mares is a... Ronaldo is, is, I think, as far as I know, still here. He's a giant question. Jaime Chavez is still here. Chavez, yes. Chavez so, I mean, that's going to, you know, if I was an MPSL player playing for another team, I'd kind of be shitting myself right now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's definitely... Or loving the media attention. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that, that, here's the other good thing. I, I just thought of this now, so... <laughs> the, the good thing about this league is so many eyes are on Miami FC from our success last year that we're putting more attention on the MPSL. Where, it's true. Yeah, and the, our conference... And it's a good league. I like the league. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. it. And our, our conference is probably the best, like, pound-for-pound pound fighters in, in, in the MPSL. So yes. it's going to put a lot of eyes on it, and... Even if we develop into getting another one, uh, you know, another Miami FC one, as opposed to two, it's going to put a lot of focus on that that league and kind of the South Florida soccer talent. So I think there's definitely no reason that, assuming there is another Miami FC one, like, like there will be, them like there will be, but let's keep it positive. Absolutely. But going along those lines, when there is a Miami FC one, there's no reason why there shouldn't still be a Miami FC two. I think that this has forced the team into this position, but in reality, if they can if they can get up off the man off of this, which they should be able to, um, that idea of that second team as a developmental team should it should have been in place from 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 the jump. They've been forced into it now. All the better, all the better, I think, in terms of, of developing those players for the future. Uh, Hi guys, thanks for supporting Cibel. Yes, <laughs> we've got. Uh, apparently, I gotta say, apparently Cibel sucks now. Um, oh, so we're very unhappy that they're losing three 0 apparently. Yes, well, so, a combined score five nil on aggregate. Five nil, Marcador Global. Yeah. Uh, it's like watching the Jacksonville Armada. Yeah, right. It's uh, we're two away from a uh, 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 San Francisco. Oh, here we go. <laughs> um, so I think now that we're really starting to break down this game, that is the sign to wrap things up. Um, any final yeah, my thoughts? Any final? So. Yeah, no, we need to start to get, get another uh, refill. Any final thoughts? And on that note, on that note, um, I think oh, that's no, probably that. your um, beer is empty, my beer is empty, and Matt was um, slacking. Oh, the shorter <laughs> beer of the three, one. there's so, photographic evidence. We, we would like to thank Winwood Brewing for their kind of yeah, hospitality. Absolutely, yay! Thank and, you very much, um, Brewing. You know, and also hey. we do have the soccer in Miami. I did that already. Um, <laughs> come down, support the team. You know. The season ticket, really affordable. It's still soccer. We'll be there. And, you know, beers will be there too. Okay. Uh, Eric has officially gone taps half. Um, and so it is definitely time to wrap it up. Uh, for Drew and for Lee, I'm Matt. Until next time, go Miami FC and go Miami soccer. Woo!